SUSS presents. A lot of people do not have the correct knowledge that they need to be a caregiver, and they may not think about going for caregiver training workshops because of the attitude that it's not important now. I have other more urgent things to take care of because. They think that it's still a long time away. My parents are still mobile, active. This is something in the distant future, but they don't realize the distant future could be tomorrow. And then suddenly, one day, there's a crisis. They're trusting to it, and they become a caregiver overnight. Everyone loves a good story. Finding opportunity in adversity, overcoming the odds, and making a difference. And that's the theme of our series, Silver Linings, a show where we celebrate stories of social impact, shared by students, alumni, faculty members, and special guests of the Singapore University of Social Sciences. Welcome to Silver Linings. I'm Kalyani Mehta, Professor of Gerontology Programs at the SR Nathan School of Human Development, Singapore University of Social Sciences. Today, we're talking about meaningful aging, what it is, and how we can approach it in the future. Joining me are Chan Wing and Alan Wong. Wing is a senior center manager with the PAP Community Foundation, while Alan is a manager of home care services at AWA, a social services agency. Hi, Wing. It's so good to see you. How have you been? Thank you for having us. It's been a while since we have met you. How long ago? Ten years? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't even years. bother to count. <laughs> How about you, Alan? <laughs> It's really nice to meet up after so many years. Like what Prof say, don't bother to count. Exactly. So it's been quite a journey, you know, since you graduated, and I've been missing both of you because you all were so active in class and contributed and debated. So those were really fun days. Can I ask you now that we've met after so long? How are you all applying your gerontology knowledge? And share with me whether you are able to find it useful in your current work. I was from the first batch, from the Master of Gerontology program. That was in two zero one one one. That's right. <laughs> one of Kalia's first batch of students. Yeah, so we call I'm you so the proud. pioneer batch. Yes, I, <laughs> I'm also the pioneer in <laughs> my current organization. So that's right. Yeah. You were the first to set up the center under the PAP yes. foundation, isn't it? Yeah, first For senior care center. Under PAP, PCF. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I think uh, you have uh, walked down the road less traveled, yeah. and you have left your footprints. It, it's a very meaningful journey for me <laughs> and yes. for the company as well. So maybe we can share a little bit more later. Sure. Yeah. And Alan, how have you been? I'm doing okay. I started off doing adult disability in the social work, and. My director then, who is now the CEO of AWA, thought that、uh, since I have a master degree in gerontology, I am better off doing elderly work. And here I am, managing home care services for the elderly. Yes, that's a very important area because of the aging in place、uh, philosophy that Singapore government has adopted. We would like our seniors to age 
in their own homes as far as possible. So we need these home care services. They really are very important. So both of you are in very critical elder care service sector. On one hand, adult daycare, which is very important because adult children, when they go to work, they want peace of mind that their parents or parents-in-law are in a safe social environment. Mm. And then when they come home, they can give them their personal care in the evening and their company. And on the other hand, there are those who cannot attend adult daycare for whatever reason. And so this home care service comes to them. So they can be very safe as well as uh, in their own familiar surrounding. Am I right? And you have said it right, for whatever reasons. And the reasons are as simple as they don't have the means. Means, I can define it as financial means. Means, I can also define it as ability, the capability of physically bringing a person, an elderly, from the home to a centre. Means, I can also define it as the willingness to bring their parents to a service centre. And hence, the home care services was this much-needed service that we could provide. And and I also think that the daycare services, now uh, most of them actually are located under the void deck (laughs) in Mm. a community. I think that really helped most of the families who need the services. I can see because uh, lots of my clients, their family, the children, they drop them off before they go to work. And at the end of the day, they come and pick them up. And also, uh, lots of the centres will provide transport services uh, for the needed families. So this way, I think uh, the uh, the families and the, the clients, you know, uh, they really benefit from such services. I think the home care services really complemented the daycare, the centre-based care services, because uh, some of them really, they gotten so sick when after a while, you know, they come to my centres, they really cannot come to the daycare anymore. So the home care services, I think, really uh, bridge the gaps. And yeah. when the family need the services. So what motivates you both to stay in the elder care sector? I remember when I was a volunteer police, we call it the VSE, Volunteer Constabulary of the Singapore Police Force. Those days when I was doing patrolling on the streets, I remember the areas was Bukit Merah, Henderson. As you know, these are the places where you have quite a few elderly aging populations. While we were doing the patrolling, I saw elderly senior citizens sitting at the void deck or sitting at their home, staring into space with their eyes blank. So I told myself, as a social worker, what is going to happen to these people? Is this going to be their everyday life? And little did I know that the family members, much as they want to, they have no means and they have no way of sending this elderly to structured programs. So I told myself, I better do something that is useful. So after enrolling myself into social work and into gerontology program, I started this pilot project and bring care to them instead of bringing them out to care. That There are many reasons why these people are not going to centres. So instead of... Uh, forcing the family members, forcing the caregivers to bring them to the centres. We bring our therapies, our nursing aides, our care associates to the home of these people. And for that reason, they are now able to age in the community. Yes, that's right. Because 
most elderly from my research, I found that going to, into a nursing home or a sheltered home is their last choice when everything else has failed. And I can understand that because in an institution, uh, one loses one's freedom one isn't given much choice in terms of uh, what kind of food you want to eat, when you want to eat, or when you want to shower. So most elderly would like to age in their own familiar surroundings. That is why I was also inspired to think, what more can I do to improve our society's services and care for elderly? We all knew by then Singapore is a fast-aging population, and we have to get our policies, our services, our programs quickly set up to meet the challenges of this aging society. Mm. So part of this thinking is also I'm aging myself. What would I like to see when I become 70? What kind of services would I like? So in a way, this is everybody's journey. It is not just they and we, it is all of us, aging at various stages, but it is something inevitable. We all need to be aware that aging is part of life's journey, isn't it? Yes. So this is why I was inspired to start the first Master of Gerontology in Singapore. So I was the first to benefit from this program. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to be yeah. part of the journey. I still remember... Almost 10 years ago, right, when I applied for the program and I just want to learn something about gerontology. So after I took up the program, I find it very interesting. There are so many things to learn because we don't just learn from one aspect. It is a holistic. Yes. We tackle the issues, you know, in, in terms of aging processes. So in 2013, <laughs> I graduated and I got a chance to move to U.S. and I stayed there for about nine months. I took the opportunity to volunteer. So actually, <laughs> I went into several research projects for the community, the organizations. It really opens up my eyes. Yes. So I thought I can contribute something in this field. So after I moved back to Singapore in 2014, and I actively searched for a job in this field. And here I am, six years later, I'm still in this field. That means something catch my... Yeah. It's in my heart, I think. Yeah, I think so. it... Is meaningful to you. Yes. And that is the whole idea about making that aging process meaningful for the seniors that yes. we serve and uh, we look after. Not so just I, for them, it's also for us as well. Yes. Who, who are in the industry, yes. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you won't be there for so many years. <laughs> it is yeah. a purpose to your life, you know, and also it keeps you connected with society. Mm. It is also something that you feel you would like to leave behind as a legacy mm. for the next generation. So this is what Meaningful Aging is all about. Yeah, I remember when we were in the program, you mentioned something about this meaningful aging. You mentioned about some of us may not want to be so active after we retire. <laughs> Maybe Kalyani, you can share a little bit about what nowadays people think about successful aging or meaningful aging, are there any differences between the two from your, yeah. your perspective? You see, successful aging was the term that was coined uh, by Rowan Kahan, I think about perhaps 30 years ago. 
and they talked about successful aging in terms of high-performing older adults. What they need: number one, good health; number two, good finances; number three, people to care for them. So the social, the financial, the health.、Mm. But they forgot that there is more to life than just these three, and this is where I think the spiritual component comes in. Which gives meaning to our life, and also, when we say spiritually, we are also talking about the inner self, the part about us that make us what we are, that identity, that specialness about ourselves. And so, when we talk about meaningful aging, we are not talking about. Something beyond the body and the mind and the intellect. We're talking about the spirit of the person, and as long as the spirit is alive, as long as the spirit wants to do something, they will continuously want to contribute to their family, to society, and this is the best way to age, in my view. On top of what you have just mentioned, successful aging, meaningful aging, I'd like to add another component to this aging process that is productive aging. For those, maybe I'm just referring to the home-based care or the home care services. If we are able to allow the seniors to age in the community at home, directly or indirectly, they are contributing to the economy. How so? For example, if they are at home, their children could go to work. And when they go to work, the children's children, who are the grandchildren of the grandparents, are being cared for at home. So this one way indirectly is productive aging, because they are able to contribute such where they are able to look after the grandchildren and the children goes to work, and this contribute to the economy. Yes, that is productivity, and they themselves are also. Aging gracefully at the same time while mining or caring for their grandchildren. Yes, even if they're not doing the physical care, yeah, they might be supervising the foreign domestic worker、yes. who is providing the physical care、uh, and doing the household chores, for example. So the parents who go to work have peace of mind.、Um. The one thing that I hear so often in the center for the clients that I we provide care for, most of them are there in their eighties and nineties. In seventies, is actually quite young. <laughs> so, so something I heard, you know, in in the center is I'm useless now. A lot of times they mention this to me. That is how they look at themselves. I'm useless. So when Ellen talk about productive aging, is it? Something that actually they look at themselves, and I would say quite a number of them they don't look at themselves this way. It's because their physical health, they are declining. It is a fact.、Uh, when you talk about maybe fifty, sixty, or even seventies, they are still able to be productive. But when you get to eighties and nineties, they are no longer able to do so many things that they used to do. This is the fourth age. Yes, yeah. yeah. Th- that's where <laughs> I'm in. You know, so that's why. So how we can. Help these people to still look at themselves. Assets, Meaning, right? Yeah, it's also meaningful, even though you are at this stage. You know how、yeah. to be yourself and accept yourself, and to accept other people's help. You know,、um, yes. When when you said that,、uh, uh. some of your clients in the center says that I'm useless. Yes. I would like to share with both of you my real life story on how I became a social worker. 
it was the time when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. So as you know, breast cancer means she has to go for breast mastectomy. And after that, she has to follow up with chemotherapy and radiotherapy. And these are done in National Cancer Centre, NCC, at uh, Utrum, SGH. When I was with her during chemotherapy, she was on trip for two hours, three hours. I had two to three hours to spend. So I was wandering around NCC and I actually hear some elderly, some cancer patient that says exactly what you have just mentioned. So it doesn't have to be elderly? It, it does not have to be elderly. Mm -hmm. But those where I heard were from the elderly, they say, I'm so old and I've got this cancer. I'm useless to the society. I'll be a burden to you as my children. Let me die. And that was the reason, the very reason why I quitted my corporate job and went to take up social work. Because I heard a nurse told some of the patients, Auntie, you don't have to give up. Even if you have no money, our government will take care of you. Just go to our social worker. They will do everything for you. That was inspiring. And because of that, I wanted to do something that I can really contribute. And that's where I took up a social work course. So I think all these institutions, or you may call them, huh, be it home care or center-based care, I think it's so crucial. I look at myself as um, someone who accompany the elderly. So we walk with them together. So they don't feel they're alone. Besides their own family members, those who come to my daycare, they spend six, seven hours, some of them five days. I think I spend more time with them. With them than their family members. Yes. So it is so crucial, you know, how we treat them at the centre, how we provide the care, the, the quality care, the person-centred care to these elderly are, are so important and meaningful. What so. you are saying actually reminds me mm. of the importance of giving care with love. You know, as professionals, sometimes we think about the care that we are showering on our clients. But actually, they want to see the love in our actions. This is something I learned from the program. Yes. <laughs> the uh, emotional needs are very yeah. important. And when they say, you know, I'm useless, actually what they're saying is emotionally, they are broken. Mm. Yeah. So this is very important to understand that even when you bathe somebody or even when you feed somebody or you just hold their hand and bring them to the toilet, if you do it with a smile and with uh, sometimes a joke or sometimes just putting your arm around the person, it gives them a lot of comfort. It's so true when you talk about bringing them to the toilet, right? <laughs> Whenever I have a new clients, there's one thing I must do is to accompany them to the toilet. Because it's so private. They share with you so many things inside the toilet. You know really? I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Being an adult, you, you don't want somebody, particularly a stranger, inside the toilet. So when they allow me to go inside the toilet with them, means they accept me. So that helps me a lot afterwards. Even with those dementia clients, you know, they sometimes they have behavior issues. But when they allow me to help them, it makes the whole process so much easier. <laughs> and also you feel the satisfaction, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think this uh, feeling of being accepted and feeling that whatever you are doing is satisfying to you 
it's part of your personal goal in life. Oh. That's what keeps professionals tied to the work that they do. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, whether it's language barrier, gender difference, cultural difference, religious difference, all these melt away when you have connected. <laughs> yeah, it's very very true. Yeah, yeah. When so, you're sincere, sincere, forthright, mm. they can sense it. They can feel it. If you put up front because you needed a job, you go into the job, you won't last. You've been listening to Silver Linings. You may find the next part of this episode on suss.edu.sg/podcast or on your preferred podcast listening platform.